I'm Grace, and I'm the host of this podcast, She Builds Me Up. She is my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe, and let's build something amazing together. This is where we uplift one another, we let our guards down, we invest fully in one another, and we become stronger by doing so. Together, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of this weird world of adult friendships. We're going to combat our challenges and have fun while doing it. Okay, so I am on episode, I guess, four now of season two, and I have my friend Marie on the phone. Marie, if you want to say hi. Hi. Uh, Marie and I are in this, are in a side-by-side group together, which is like a Bible study uh, group for Christian doctor wives. And so Marie lives in Danville, just like I do. And you're married to, your husband does pediatrics, right? He is med so he's Oh, is he really? Okay. Internal medicine and pediatrics. Okay, okay. So how much longer are you guys here for again? This is our last year. Is here. it really? Um, okay, so then what's yeah. next? So he, we actually could be staying. There's a program that he wants to uh, do his fellowship in here. Okay. But we're still uh, waiting to hear back. He's still interviewing at a bunch of different places. And okay. We'll know wow. by Christmas time. Oh my gosh. Well, good luck to you. I know that's a grueling process to apply and match and all of that. Um, Marie is also the mother of six boys, which is an incredible feat of itself. And you homeschool all of them, which is what we were just talking about, which is just extremely admirable. (laughs) So um, I wanted to talk today about um, race, actually. I had had Marie's um, name in my mind for quite some time because after George Floyd was killed and Black Lives Matter kind of resurfaced on social media, not resurfaced in general because it's been an issue for a long time, but kind of became another hot topic on social media, um, Marie posted some things that really just pulled at my heartstrings it made me think about some stuff, and I just thought to myself, okay, how can I be better at this? How can I add to this conversation? And I was really nervous to ask Marie to be on the podcast to talk about this, um, but I did, and she agreed to do it, and so we're just going to dive right in. Um, I actually originally asked you to talk about race shortly after George Floyd was killed, But then I think COVID got in the way and homeschooling plans and summer vacation and just stuff got in the way and we kind of forgot about it. Both of us did. And then you came back to me and were like, hey, can I take you back up on the offer to be on your podcast? And I was like, yes, of course. And you don't have to talk about race. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But you said that you wanted to talk about race. So can you tell us why you wanted to talk about that? Sure. Um, of course, uh, I'll start with that not everyone can see me because this is a That's podcast, good so you're point. listening. Um, but I am African-American. I um, My parents are actually Puerto Rican, but we are black. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in Georgia, in Columbus, Georgia. And 
Uh, been there pretty much my whole life until I graduated high school. Um, but most of my life has lived in the South. And I've experienced, um, whether it's been firsthand from me or, you know, my husband is also black and um, his experiences, uh, my friend's experiences, just um, these are real experiences that we have. Um, the killing of George Floyd was so impactful mm-hmm. to both my husband and I um, that we just decided we're not going to be quiet about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to shy away and just say, all right, this is uncomfortable and just quit. We're going to push through the uncomfortableness of the discussion of race in order to help people understand where we're coming from and exactly what would help all of us move forward and not have those feelings anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's essentially why I wanted to talk about this. Um, and I also felt, you know, like I'm Christian, so I felt like the Holy Spirit was really really wanting this to happen, mm-hmm. um, even if it's just to reach one person who may be listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so as you've decided to be more vocal about this with your husband, what does that look like for you guys? So it's just, for us, we're not kind of these big public <laughs> figures. Yeah. So we don't see ourselves as making this huge big deal about it, um, whether that's in our community, in person, um, or even on social media. We won't make it a huge to-do, but we are more of the small kind of have personal conversations with people about it. Mm -hmm. I've talked to several um, friends about different things that have been bothering me personally, Mm -hmm. and um, I mean, I can't speak for every... uh, african-american in the country or in the world i should say of course but speaking from just my experiences and how i feel and what possibly most of us feel um i've just had those little conversations with friends here and there and i think that's that's our focus is just to okay someone makes a comment or someone does something that offends us normally we would be quiet and just kind of dismiss it mm-hmm. um but now it's like no let's not dismiss it let's let's say something be a little uncomfortable for a minute and then move forward and do you feel like overall the feedback has been positive for this or how has it gone over it's really interesting um i feel on a personal level it's been positive a lot of my friends have been very receptive to it um and i should my friends my non-African-American friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like on the as a country, it has not been received mm-hmm. uh, positively. I understand why, because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of evil in the world and a lot of it is honestly getting in the way mm-hmm. of people being receptive to it. Um, and because people aren't making it a personal thing. Yeah. Um, when you put it on a public stage, it's a spectacle. It's it's a show, mm-hmm. um, and it it does, it shouldn't be. It, it it is something personal, and it should be personal. There should be personal conversations about it. Um, 
there's a place and time for the public um, beaches or the public uh, billboards or, you know, things to be put on a big stage. There's a time and place for that. But a lot of the discussion needs to be person to person, neighbor to neighbor. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like it probably gives you more hope when you're having these one-on-one conversations versus reading the news or Absolutely. Facebook comments? I know I've been extremely discouraged reading Facebook comments to the point where I had to stop because yeah. <laughs> I just was like, how are people not seeing this when I'm hearing yeah. my you know, African-American friends tell me that they're having these experiences and it's just, it's hard to see people not accept people's experiences, I guess, like you said. And I'm sure it's even harder for you, obviously. Um, Yeah. And so have you found, I know race in general, it's just, it's an extremely difficult topic to talk about, especially in America, which I guess I don't have anything to compare that to because I've only lived here. But what message overall do you feel like you want to give in regards to race on this, in this podcast platform? what direction do I want to give? I feel like the direction we need to go in is basically what I've been saying is to to become um, better allies. So, mm-hmm. for instance, I'm having a discussion with you, Grace. Yeah. And you then will have a discussion with someone else mm-hmm. about whatever we talked about. It doesn't have to be forced. But if it comes up, um, someone makes a similar comment about what we discussed is an issue mm-hmm. with black people, then you can talk to the, your friend or family member and say, hey, you know what? I actually had this, a similar discussion with my African-American friend, and this is what she expressed to me, mm-hmm. you know, would be a more appropriate way to respond or would be less offensive or, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I strongly feel like, um, I, I can connect with many people, but I'm not going to connect with everyone. Yeah. And if I connect with one person who connects with another person who connects with another person, like that is so effective, um, such an effective way to pass a message through our country, um, in a positive way, instead of, um, me just going out and telling a million people, hey, this is what you need to do because it offends me. Yeah, yeah. I love that idea because I feel like a lot of times I get overwhelmed because I like read the news or I read Facebook comments, like I said, and I just am like, nothing's ever going to change. But I think it's such a yeah. better perspective, like what you said, is that it's it's like a little it's like a little web. Like I connect with so many people who are going to connect with people who are going to connect with people. And you just have to have that kind of perspective. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, So I feel like in my, on a more personal level for me, I feel like most people in my life, um, they genuinely don't want to be a racist and they want to be better, but they don't know how. Or they think that they're just, oh, I'm not a racist. And like, that's the end of the conversation. So what would you say to people with this mindset? Well, it, it, it has to be a, a, it has to be intentional for you to want to understand people of a different race. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can't you can't force it on anyone. It has to come from them. Um, so that would be the first step is, do you want to know about a different race, about a different, just a different group of people? Does it, does it tug your heart whenever this certain group of people is hurt or is um, alienated for any reason? And mm-hmm. if it does, just learn about it. Um, there are a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, um, a lot of sources where you can get information from to educate yourself on whatever that group of people are going through. And it, it's not just black people. It's, gosh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Every type of group of person, of people you can think of, there is some kind of information out there that you can educate yourself on how to approach them, how to um, include them in your life, how to um, how to love on them, which is honestly what this is all about, is just loving other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you feel like there's misinformed ideologies out there in regards to race? I think so, absolutely. Um, mainly because of social media and the way things come across in text versus through relationships mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in person relationships and yeah. i think that um people focus too much on you know what they saw out there and this whole idea that they have of this race of people or this group of people um but that that doesn't include every single person doesn't do those things mm-hmm. um and so it's really important to just get to know a person for who they are yeah. um and not necessarily what type of group you see them fall into yeah um no i agree <clears throat> i think another issue and i'm sure you've run into this in danville versus living in the south perhaps is like I feel like a lot of my friends they don't even have any kind of contact with a lot of people that aren't their same race just because they live in an area where like I feel like in Danville it's it's more on the rare side to have African American friends and so yeah. what would you say to people who don't really have friends of another race like because it, it's it feels like almost dis not it feels like it's not genuine for us to just be like hey you're black can I be friends with you so I can understand you better like how, what's what's a good way to approach that I guess I at that point if you have like absolutely no black friends or you have um, no kind of organic way of becoming friends with a black person um, just just know it it comes down to just knowing knowing what is appropriate or not, I should say not what's appropriate, but what's not appropriate Mm -hmm. to say to someone of a certain race. I don't have any, um, gosh, I'm I'm just trying to think of a group of people, but I can't think of anything. But I I try to educate myself on um, any kind of group of person and whatever they're going through. Mm Mm-hmm. Knowing, okay, if this topic comes up when I'm talking to someone um, who has gone through, oh, I can think of one now, um, alcoholism. Okay. I don't have any alcoholic friends. 
Mm-hmm. But if I were to have an alcoholic friend, then I, I have educated myself enough on alcoholism to know that I don't go to that friend and say, hey, you want to come over for a drink? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be a huge taboo, right? So, um, because I know that when you are, you know, classified, or not when classified, when you are an alcoholic, you're an alcoholic for life, and you you choose to stay away from it so mm-hmm. that it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't become your your clutch anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've learned that about alcoholism enough to know that whenever I am come around someone who's an alcoholic, then I try my hardest not to discuss alcohol with them. Yeah. Because that's a, 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 that's a temptation for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in that same sense, people who don't have friends of a certain race, you can still educate yourself on different races, on different groups of people and whatever they're dealing with, whether it's race or not, and just, just know how to approach people in a loving way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like when I asked you about what direction you wanted to go in, you felt the strongest about talking about how we can be, how I can be a better ally just overall. Yeah. Um, and so do you, what do you feel is the best way specifically, like some specific steps that we can take to do that better? So specifically... On your own, just educate yourself uh-huh. with whatever form of um, of these sources that I've mentioned, different podcasts, like we're right now creating a podcast um, for other people to use. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more out there that you could, you know, um, look at, listen to so that you can educate even in more detail than what we're discussing. Um there are books that you can, uh, there are children's books, there are adult books that go into detail. Um, you can even watch um, YouTube videos of black people who discuss things that other black people watch, you know, um, mm-hmm. influencers on Instagram that have different um, videos uh, that they post Typically for the black community, um, whether it's like, for for instance, I I watch a lot of YouTube videos on how to do my hair. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's, it's very different yeah. than the way uh, white people do their hair and even other um, races do their hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you if educate yourself on, you don't have to like spend hours watching a video. Right. Um, but just one video on how uh, a black girl washes her hair if she's natural. Yeah. And see like the, the, the intricacies of what what we have to do to wash our hair. So then you can understand why many black women who have natural hair will say, hey, please don't touch my hair. Yeah. Um, and it's not because we're proud of our hair it's not because we are you know we idolize our hair it's because it it took a lot of work 
Yeah. And we really just don't, we want to make it last. It's so much work and we just don't want anyone to touch it, move things around. You know, it's, it's, it comes from that. And if, if you watched a video and saw the process, mm-hmm. then you would understand that. Um, and it, it, that, that conversation would, would come off completely different. Absolutely. Um, so education, then, um, have an uncomfortable conversation with, with a black person, with a black friend, mm-hmm. um, preferably. Um, but even if you don't have a black friend and you feel that strongly about it, ask, ask a black friend or a black person who you feel like would be open to the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, I am open to discussing any of these issues with anybody, um, if you know me or if you kind of know me, mm-hmm. just, just Facebook me, call me, uh, yeah. and I'm open to that. I know there's a lot of a lot of black people who are open to having a, having an uncomfortable discussion in order for people to know what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and then... Okay, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. So, the, and then the last thing would be to, to share what you know with other people um that could be with your children with your um, husband or wife if there are men listening um with with people around you who um may not be black may they're a different race um maybe they make a comment about black people and it maybe it's a joke um tell them don't joke about it 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 used to be funny it used to be acceptable, but now it's not. It's, it's gotten too serious now for it to be a joke. Absolutely. Um, if you're joking with a black person and they laugh, and it's just like an inside joke between you two, fine. I'm going to leave that for you two to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if it's me and I'm not laughing, it's not a joke. I, and I would, I would expect anyone of any race, or anyone of any uh, anyone in any group, anyone in any type of group of people, or anybody who identifies with certain uh, with a certain group, if it was a joke for that group, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make a joke about it. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I would hope that everyone would understand what it feels like. To be made fun of, yeah. um, even the slightest, smallest joke can really cause a lot of pain and can really push someone over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I know in my life, I've had black friends that in the moment they would laugh about said joke, yeah. and then later you find out that they were very hurt or offended by something. And so yeah. you can't even trust that pe- when people laugh, you just shouldn't do it. And so that's what I've learned, at least. Um, I I absolutely loved what you said when you used the example of learning about black women's natural hair. Have you seen the yes. documentary Good Hair? No. Oh, well, it's <laughs> I saw it back in college. Chris uh, Rock is the, like, guy who does it. It's all about um, natural hair and, like, weave and all the intricacies of, like, when black women straightening their hair and all this stuff and just kind of like what you were saying it's kind of like watching the youtube videos um but i just love that you 
you said, because I feel like a lot of times when we tell ourselves we need to educate ourselves, that people translate that to mean like you need to learn more history, you need to learn more about yeah. stuff like that. But it's so much more than that. And so I just appreciate that you said, like, learn about culture, learn about simple things like hair and other things. And I think that's also important in understanding a race, obviously, versus just learning about history. Because history can be skewed in so many different ways as well. So um, many ways. And so I often feel helpless, and I've mentioned this a couple times now to you, with this race, with this race issue, obviously because I'm white, and so it's, that's a hard place to come from because I can't fully empathize because I'm white, but also just because I I'm that person that like I'm all I'm reading books, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm supporting black authors, I'm following social media influencers that are black because I genuinely like their content, but I also like I feel like I'm registered to vote, I'm researching issues, but I still feel like I'm just not doing enough. And so, like, do you feel like there's more that we people that are in my boat could be doing? Or I guess is it, does it just go back to, like, just keep having conversations? Yeah, I think it comes back to keep having conversations. You have to keep it realistic. You're a mom. Yeah. <laughs> You're busy. You've got this podcast. You do have your day-to-day. Um, there's not anything more. You're, I'm not going to expect you to go out and start a protest or to start this huge campaign over changing some kind of policy to, you know, like, no, that's so much work that if someone had the time to do it and had the drive to do that, if you came up with that idea on your own, absolutely do whatever it is you can think of to do. Mm-hmm. But if you come to a point where you're like, okay, I've done this, this, and this, and I can't really think of anything else to do, then that's that's it that's where you stop that's where you stay stay there do do keep doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. um keep having conversations when you feel like you when you feel like it's coming up like when you feel the urge to have this conversation with either a black or white person about whatever the Mm -hmm. issue is Mm -hmm. um you know keep people from joking about race and laughing about certain things and then that's it. Um, because I personally, I'm black, but I'm not going to go out and do that. Yeah. Um, extra yeah. stuff because I'm busy doing the things that I have to do with my family and day to day. So I, I definitely don't expect anyone else to go above and beyond um, what you can do in your daily life. Well, that's definitely good to hear. I feel like a lot of times social media puts this pressure on us that's not necessarily yeah. real, but you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, well, very true. I feel like the biggest. There are... Yes, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go for Just it. Just one, one little There are certain black people out there that feel that there should be more done um, mm-hmm. by white people, and they post that on social media. But I feel like when people say that, they're speaking to either a specific person mm-hmm. or a specific group of people that doesn't include all of their friends. Yeah, that's and a good point. it really is unfair because there's, there's so much that you can do within your day. And if you force yourself to do more, it's not out of your own desire. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be anything good coming out of it. It's going to be a lot of frustration 
and um, possibly eventually just regret. Yeah. And we don't want that. That's absolutely, yeah. No, that's a really good point. I feel like the biggest influence I can have since I'm a stay-at-home mom is the conversations that I have with my children about race because I have the biggest influence with them. And so what would you hope a conversation between me and my children in regards to race would look like? Well, it'll definitely, because I know your kids are younger, it'll definitely just evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wouldn't even come up unless you just made it completely obvious. (laughs) Mm, It wouldn't come up until people of other races came around. Um, Yeah. Some kids, I know, have probably never seen a black person before. Yeah. And the, the minute they see one, they're like staring and they're just like, you know, trying to figure it out because it is different. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, and same with any other race. If they saw an Asian or um, someone speaking Spanish, a Hispanic person. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in that sense, you can always discuss with your kids that there are different people, mm-hmm. um, people that speak different languages, people that um, look different, whether it's their skin color height, like there's really short, you know, um, people, there are really tall people, if your family is shorter, um, Mm -hmm. there are, there are fat people, and there are skinny people, all of these things, um, I've had to have, have the discussion, um, about fat people with my children, and I had it way late, the only reason I had the discussion with my kids was because we were at Disney World, and there was, a really obese man coming out of uh, one of the stores mm-hmm. and my son turned to him and said, whoa, you're fat. Oh, wow. And I was <laughs> devastated. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. And <laughs> oh, I, I, it was so bad. And I tried so hard to compose myself because it, it wasn't my son's fault. He is a kid. He was a kid. I think he was like four or five at the oh, time. Oh wow, that's young. And the the man was fat, and he was just surprised, wasn't expecting it, and it's just just like mm-hmm. um, so moments like that where it's like I could have spoken about my kids, uh, sorry, spoken to my children about you know really obese people and say, hey, there are you know, but it wouldn't have been an organic conversation. It wouldn't have been something that came up unless we saw someone. Yeah. And then they could remember it. Um, but, um, those are the, those are the moments that you just can't avoid with your kids. You can't avoid Mm -hmm. your child staring at someone, um, or even saying something out loud to them like my son did. Um, but you can, have a conversation with them after the fact and say, hey, you know, when you call this man fat, that really hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can talk about why. Um, so I think you can definitely have a, you know, conversation before things happen and after because there's a lot of things that will come up that you're like, oh gosh, I didn't think 
to talk about that with them. Yeah. And on top of that, don't beat yourself up about it because if you're trying, that's as much as we can ask is for you to try to have conversations with your kids Mm -hmm. about race um, to avoid the, 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 the avoidable, to avoid the avoidable. Yes, yes. And so, obviously, discussions and racism in my home are going to look different than in your home. And so, what does it look like in your home when you're talking with your kids? So, a lot of what I try to instill in my boys is um, that that they are loved just the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of what we have to deal with, um, especially moving up, Pennsylvania from the south um, and being in Danville where there's a very low um, number of other black children in this area Mm -hmm. is that yes your skin color is different but it is still beautiful yeah yes your hair type is different and you can't grow your hair long um, but it is beautiful Mm -hmm. Um, things like that just know your eyes aren't blue but they're beautiful. And even between my boys, between themselves, they'll compare themselves to each other. And it's it's something that I feel like every family deals with yeah. at a certain point. Um, if one of your children has blue eyes and one of your children has brown eyes, that will come up. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very similar to that. It's just letting my children know that they are loved and they were made exactly the way they are, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the second is to, um, I do try to teach my boys to defend themselves because um, some of my boys are very timid mm-hmm. and soft-spoken, and I can I can sense that as they grow older, um, if they don't learn to defend themselves, then they will just get crushed, and they won't speak up yeah. whenever someone makes a joke about them. Or makes mm-hmm. a joke about their race. I want them to be able to say, "Hey, no, that's not okay." Absolutely. Um, and in a in a polite way, um, but firm and a, like certain, like this is not okay, and you need to know this. Yeah. Um, because there there are children out there who will not get taught by their parents, or who will get taught the wrong thing by their parents. And um, if any of our children encounter them, I would hope that they could have those conversations at a younger age than later in life when they're adults, which would be much harder to, um, to understand as adults. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Because it's also just, your, it sounds like you're teaching your boys self-confidence and being yes. sure in themselves and okay with who they are, which is just a beautiful thing. And I think self-confidence, obviously, is what's going to help them to stand up for themselves and do all these other things that you're saying. Um, so you've experienced, your experience with racism and allyship have probably been different in the different places you've lived, the South and here, and I don't know if you've lived anywhere else, but what have been the positives in the people that you have appreciated in these, in these places that you would like to see more of? Um, I really appreciated that after this whole, this whole blow up. Um, after George Floyd and um, was killed and the video came out 
um, the the outpour of support that a lot of um, of my friends, um, specifically on social media, mm-hmm. um, just came out and said, you know what, I support you. And even if that's all you said, and there was no details to it, um, but you said, hey, I, I'm feeling what I'm feeling what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Then that is something that um, maybe not a lot of people realize was really impactful, but it was because if no one had said anything, I would have felt like, wow, am I going crazy or is this really bad? Yeah. Um, so for everyone to really gather around and say, hey, this is not okay, was really, really supportive. Just like any, any mom going through anything mm-hmm. um, would feel, hey, I, I feel like I'm alone in this. And, and for us to gather around and, and say, hey, mom, you're not alone. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that was very positive. Um, and that I really appreciated that. And just just the friendship, people uh, opening their homes to not just me, the whole family. Yeah. Um, as I was having, I had two kids while we lived here in Pennsylvania, and a lot of people brought us meals when I had the kids, and mm-hmm. um, that's just been really loving. But um, just relationships have yeah. been so positive um, through our church and. Um, through all of the different, like, side-by-side, there's the different organizations that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. um, just a just hanging out and being there for each other, that's been the most positive. I, I really appreciate that you said that, because you're reminding me of my friend, who's also black, uh, she posted on Facebook and said that after the whole... Uh, George Floyd thing and then Breonna Taylor and you know all these events happened she got together with some of her co-workers and she was the only black person and they just said nothing they just didn't even bring it up they didn't say anything and she just said how horrible that made her feel and she like to the point where she's like I think I need to get a different job because these people don't see me they don't appreciate me they don't even you know and so it's just, I think a lot of times it feels uncomfortable to say anything, but it's so important to say something versus to not say anything, you know? Absolutely. And so... I try to... Go ahead. I, I'm not going to say... Uh, I'm trying to word it correctly because I don't want to offend. Um, but when, when a mom has lost a child, mm-hmm. at whatever age she lost a child... Mm-hmm. It is, it is devastating. Yes. And when that mom says, I lost a child to you or publicly for you to hear and you don't respond, that is even more devastating because it makes her feel alone and unheard. Mm-hmm. And that is what the black community is feeling these days. Yes. We have so many losses. We are scared for our future, and lots of people are saying something, which is really uplifting, mm-hmm. but obviously a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people are actually yelling the opposite of how we're feeling, mm-hmm. and that is just devastating. 
very devastating. So I, people, if people could really think of it in a personal way, what is something that I have dealt with personally that has been devastating? And how have I wanted people to respond to it? How can I respond to this group of people now to make them feel loved? Yeah. And it comes back to that. How can I make them feel loved? And if it's just saying something like, hey, I hear you, I see you, that's enough. If it's something more that you feel like you need to do, then do more. But if you can't think of anything, then, then don't force it. Yeah. But being something is better than nothing. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway I think I've gotten from this conversation with you is that just always be trying to do something and to show love. And that's the number one thing. Because I think a lot of times we get caught up in the politics of it all. And then we disagree on the solutions politically. And then we just gets into a place of hate really quickly. Yeah. And that it's it's okay if we don't know what the solution is politically. It's not okay to not show empathy and love. So. Yeah. Are there any other thoughts that you'd like to add to this conversation? Um, just, I guess the bottom line is, um, making, making people feel loved, which is what we all, we all love, love, um, whether you're a Christian or not, Mm -hmm. um, and just being polite to each other, um, and an understanding of everyone and their different groups, because it's not just black and white, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, that we could all be learning about everyone yeah. in order to, to 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 share that love with each other. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to thank you once again for being willing to come on this because a it's a difficult topic. B, um, it's just t- taking time out of your extremely busy schedule because I know you've got <laughs> six children, you've got a, a resident husband, you're homeschooling. You also, I didn't mention, Marie has a cookie business that you do. She does amazing sugar cookies, (laughs) which I'll tag that on Instagram so people can see your cookies because you're so good. Um, So you've just got a lot going on. So like, I was also nervous to ask you because I'm like, I don't know if she has time to do this. So I just really appreciate you being willing to come on here. Thank Um, you so much, Grace. And I guess that we will make it that a wrap. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, or this podcast in general, and want to show some support, the best way you can support me is to give me reviews on whatever platform you listen. That can be Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or Podbean, or you can interact with me on social media. You can always look at updates and all that on at SheBuildsMeUp on Instagram. Thank you, and I always love hearing from my listeners.